0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello again. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan back to introduce another Spin the Rally Pod special. Now, you've probably already enjoyed listening to Derek Dauncey's recollections of Mitsubishi's first Safari Rally win back in 1996. If you haven't, you're in for a treat. Go check it out on Dirtfish.com. Well, two years later, the team repeated its success and it sticks in the minds of British Rally fans as it was a maiden win for Richard Burns. So Derek is back with Dirtfish.com senior staff writer David Evans to relive that less than straightforward victory. So sit back and enjoy. So
0: Derek, last week you told us some incredible stories from the 1996 Safari Rally. Now we're going to jump forward two years here to 1998 and an event that will always hold a very special place in the hearts of of all British and English rally fans. Uh, obviously, Richard Burns and Scotland, Robert Reid. Um, we can't forget him. First victory in the World Rally Championship, but there was probably there was more to the Safari in '98 than than those two boys winning, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, I mean, we when we won in '96, we would like um, you had the feeling within the team, especially with Andrew's experience and the people around him. You know, he 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 was into endurance events, and um, winning Safari for him was 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 very special as well as a Japanese. So when we went, we left there, went back the next year, we kind of like, you know, increased our effort, and um, it didn't work in '97 for us, and it was a bit bit of a blow to be honest with you. Um, it it was it, so going to '98, we kind of what like. What
0: went wrong, Derek? Sorry to jump in there. What what didn't work for you in '97?
2: It, it was just basically, you know, we we went there with um, with a new car, and um, Richard Richard finished second, which was a brilliant result. But you know, the funny thing is that once you win it, you want to win it, and um, we we lost we lost Tommy, and and um, when 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 Richard we came through with Richard, and it was. It, it was a shorter route that year kind of kind of like from 96 it was a full-on you know i think in 96 it was 660 kilometers in when we got to the event in 98 it was 350 so some of the mystique of the event was lost but we still we still wanted to go back and win that event and it became really important after we after we didn't win it in 98 the second was really good it was for us, but we, you know, Richard went wanted to win it again. Richard wanted to win the event, and so did Tommy, and so did the team. So we didn't double the efforts because we put a lot of effort into ninety seven. But for ninety eight, um, you know, we we really wanted to try and push it home and. Um, we, we, we were into the evolution four by this time and it wasn't a it wasn't a fantastic um it wasn't a uh, fantastic transition from the from the three to the four straight away it needed a bit more work doing to it yeah. so we're developing the car a bit more so um going to that event we you know we were we were looking for a for a victory and you know we we, all, we we kind of we still remember the the fight between Colin and Richard, and obviously Colin had won in ninety seven, I believe, if we remember right. And Richard really wanted to go back and win that event. Richard and Robert did so. You know, we went we went to that event with um, with high hopes of, of trying to you know put last some previous season uh, problems away and uh, and come away with a victory.
0: How you talk about you know putting more effort in, and like you rightly say, you know, when you got prepared for ninety seven, you would have done everything possible to to be perfectly ready for that event how do you then go back and even improve on what 12 months ago was the perfect preparation in in your own eyes what what changes did you make in the preparation for 98 i think that it, it,
2: it, behind the scenes we we what we had seen in we, we were having a few issues with um, such it's such a high speed event and going back again to what you said on the last podcast was you know that the the stages are not closed roads or open roads and you are flat out so the tyres were taking a bit of a, an issue uh, with them with um, uh, the sidewalk construction was, was was slightly breaking down and we were getting like golf ball size um bubbles come up on the inside of the tread you know from high speed impacts and um they were actually the bubble was getting that big it was touching the, the strip body and, and blowing the tire out so we actually went before the rally to do a tire test for michelin and the the idea was that it was going to benefit all the Michelin runners, not just ourselves. We, you know, we had a very good partnership with, with Michelin. Um, it had gone on for, you know, we go back to the Gallant days. And Amy Chattel yeah. uh, uh, was was a very, very good supporter of not only us, but Toyota and, the, and Ford. Um, so we went there to do a tyre test for them at the last minute. Um, we had the resources there. And um, we ended up taking doing six tyre uh Doing six different tyre tests on, uh, on the Magadi Road, and um, it, I think it came down to the last but one tyre where we found a solution for the problem. So again, we knew that that was possibly an Achilles' heel that we had, and we wanted to try and put that to bed. So you know, we put some effort into a small team of us flying out to just do that test. But uh, Tommy came out, and we were we were running the last tyre up to about 120 kilometres without issues. So. What we said before about knowing that we had a good damper for the for ninety six, we had to have a really good tyre that you know we weren't going to have issues where we're having to back off or think about tactically what we need to do with the tyre. So um, Michelin's chemist came out to the event and he was a pretty happy man when uh, when he saw that we could get above the eighty kilometres, which seemed to be the maximum for the tyre at the time. So you know that that was one area that we we definitely we definitely kind of focused on. And, and then
0: sorry that, i mean it's just what it's worth pointing out here that people probably you know you can't comprehend on those early safari or not these early safaris the later safaris just how long the car would be flat out for wouldn't it you know yes, that no, constant that, high speed
2: that's the whole thing with it you know you look at the you know you look at the length of the events and you know even even though some of the stages stage mileage was, was cut down you still had you know stages were 110 kilometers long so, 40 kilometres, 70 kilometres, so, you know, it's, um, they, they are, and the, the choppers, the helicopter's trying to actually keep up with the, the cars in some areas, they have to, you know, they're looking to try and cut a corner to catch them back up, so the tyres take a hell of a pounding when you think that, um, you know, any kind of small rock in the road, you can't avoid everything, they're going to pick some, of, they're going to pick some of the damage up from those, so, again, we we to try and help Michelin out
0: with that, with that one issue. What sort of top speed would they have been geared for? Uh,
2: I can't really remember. I mean, it was it was 130 plus mile an hour. So they're out running the helicopter. So the, the squirrel helicopter was a, I think it was good for 140 mile an hour. So um, you know it's it, it is extremely quick um, and the altitude as well. You obviously lost some of the actual the power from the car. So yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's. Everything, everything's pushed to the maximum in some respects. I mean, you, you're blocking the airflow through the front. Um, it, it kind of causes all kinds of issues. So, um, you know, we 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 basically left we basically left that test knowing that the tyre was was quite good, but we picked up another couple of issues during the event which we we hadn't seen before, and they put a real real heavy strain on the uh, on the the pre-event uh, lead up to the event before we even started. And one of them was um. Uh, we had a we had a seal on a damper that if it didn't last for 50k if you run it for 20k and you didn't have a failure you were fine but you could have a, a top seal fail so we we're into running dampers yeah. and before the event um just to run them in for 20 kilometers i think it was done the day before shakedown we'd last in the car so every damper had to be run every front damper had to be run to make sure that you know it got through 20 kilometers and it was going to be good to 110 kilometers so very small issue with, a you know, manufacturing of a seal. But in Kenya, there was no option to try and remake them there. We had to try and just pick out the best ones and run with them. So that was yeah. pretty interesting, the day of Shakedown running every damper.
0: And And I, I mean, it's worth just just paying tribute to, to Lassie Lampi there. You talk, you know, one of Finland's sort of unsung hero rally drivers, but he was with the team a long time, wasn't he, Lassie? And an integral part. Yeah, I mean, the funny
2: thing is I saw a picture uh, online this week of uh, Lassie with, uh, uh, with Lancia, with Marco and, uh, wow. um, and the, uh, the management, you know, in the Lancia top. And, you, you know, he did, he moved from Lancia, he, he, had, he was driving for Audi in 83, 84, people have probably seen his name on the entry list of, for Rally GP. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, he was an unbelievable driver and he's now working with Tommy at Toyota. And um, I sat down and chat with him in Mexico a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he never seems to age. But uh, Mm even I'd say even in, you know, 96, 97, if if we'd entered him in the test car, he would have got into the top five, I'm
0: certain of it. He's amazing, isn't he? Just so much experience and, and exactly what you want from a test driver that can drive a car down a bit of road to almost within a couple of seconds of exactly what you want. Yeah, I mean the thing for Lassie was
2: that he had a very good feel for the balance of the car, but he mechanically he understood what the car was doing, and that's pretty important and a massive element. Even today, I'm sure he's given a lot of feedback to to the Toyota team because some some great drivers we've worked with they're not brilliant, you know, at te- setting a, te- a car up. And yeah. Lassie would go in if we had a, a normal test, even in Safari. Lassie would do the majority of the testing. The driver would come in for a day, maybe, and then fine-tweak the damper settings after we've done all the, you know, the preloads in the in the suspension, in the in the uh, transmission, and the actual, um, you know, what we physically need to do on that side of it, and the base suspension stuff. And it, it allowed the driver to come in when they've got really busy schedule to to concentrate on, you know, fine-tuning the car. And we did that in Safari, and we did that on every European. And, and most rallies, was, Lassie would always do the first stint in the test car.
0: Yeah, no, and, and a real kind of, end, like you say, you know, not many drivers have a real engineering approach. You know, we saw, you know, Colin McRae had a great ability to understand what the car was doing and could probably have rebuilt the car at the side of the road. Uh, and, and Lassie was the same, wasn't he? Or is the same.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also now, you know, he's got a massive cab cabinet in his head, you know, that yeah. I'm sure you come across a problem on the test. We've seen it when we've been in America, you know, you've seen that problem before and you can you can basically shortcut the process to get to the the end of it. So, you know, on that shakedown that, that day, um, everybody went across this shakedown. We took the test car um, to the back of uh, Old Pessy School and did some running uh, just to, you know, 20 kilometres, 20 kilometres with a set of dampers. I sat in with him that morning, actually, and um, just to make sure that um, they were right and, he, you know, just easy. He didn't have to drive 100 percent. He drove at 95 percent, but consistently knew where, you know, what the pace of the car had to be. So i got a lot of respect for Lassie.
0: Yeah. Would you have, would you have gone in the car quite a lot on the test and stuff?
2: On and off. It depended. I mean, Safari, yes. Um, we've done a few with that with Francois as well. Um, but European, European test Finland. Finland was pretty good with Tommy, um, Delacour and Tarmac. You know, it was uh, it was it was interesting. Got a feel for the car and how it works. And you know, we we call it the sack of potatoes. They just put you in there for the balance. But you uh, know, it's uh, you pick up quite a lot off it anyway.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But back to this this '98 event, which you know. You look at the at the at the spread of the stages and everything, and it was a, a Mitsubishi event, wasn't it? You know, you were you were never headed. Burnsy won the, the would we call it a super special at first stage in in Nairobi, yeah. uh, and then it was Tommy leading, wasn't it?
2: It was Tommy leading, and um, you know we were the stall was set out really. It was it was looking strong. Mm. You know, the, as I said before, before you you literally are running um, a leg. You know, you look you're running. The is Each leg's a rally, in theory. That's what you're looking at. You're looking to get to the end of each day, but you're looking to be in a, in a good position. If you can have the car back to the last service, and you know you 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 haven't got massive dramas, you're not carrying a massive job list for the next morning, which we have seen on a few events. Then you know, at the end of the first day, we were looking quite good. That's that's you know that that was why that was how we were, we 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 came out that first day. So, you know. What happened after that kind of like was disappointing. Um, it was a bit of a silly retirement, but uh, you know for Tommy. But you know um, we were we were in a fairly strong position.
0: What well, it was an engine problem, was it? it?
2: It was basically um the engine mount had broken. On uh, what, what what happened was it? There was a as we said before, it's an open road. There was a bus. That was pulling out uh, in the village, and, and Tommy moved to the right to be make sure he was super safe with anybody that was, you know, round the bus or walking with the bus. Yeah. and he ended up in the ditch, and it just fractured the um, left hand engine man, which we'd never seen before, um, and damaged the cam, cam belt, and uh, yeah, that was it. It was it was so clinical, you know, been out there for so long, and just to lose a car like that you you, you know you envisage like taking a corner off or people getting stuck in the in a in a mud hole or we've seen all the different pictures but it was it was a clinical retirement in theory
0: yeah i i have a vague recollection uh, of richard or or robert probably robert more recently obviously tell him a story about on there did they have a crash on their test yeah
2: there was a it was a there was a couple of things that happened in theory that the, the the, it's really difficult for go, going back when, when Richard came to '96 and ran the gravel car. '97 they entered, but wow. their, their biggest issue was basically learning to cut some of the. You know, I think speak Robert about it. You, you have to cut some of the European type of notes out. Of, yes. the, you know because it's just too much to call over the long sections. It's so, efficient just to go and write notes for Safari and to write them at speed and what you know remove what you don't need. So, it was, I think there's a few things where. You know, no, no op- optimization, and um, uh, you know, just getting caught out by the actual conditions is, is pretty difficult in some respects.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But when when Tommy went out, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on that event, wasn't he? You know, Colin wasn't far away. He he set some fastest times, but he went out as well with an in, I think an engine problem as well. That's right. No, the the. Thing, the, the...
2: I mean, we retired in Monty, so we went to Sweden, and Tommy won in Sweden. So, you know, for Tommy to 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 kick off the option of the you know the three championship wins, which was what we we were looking for, you know, retiring in Kenya was really difficult. And pressure came across to Richard, and we we'd had some problems um, before we got to the event. The other problem we had was um, a transmission oil seal issue, and um, we went. 96 was okay but 97 we ended up obviously with double everything so where there was yeah. one entry car in 90, 97 98 we had two entry cars so in 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 the workshop we had five group a cars two for the recce two for the for the entry and the test car so the logistics of, of supporting all those cars was difficult and during the uh during the recce we had a we found an issue with the carbon clutch because we'd moved to the evolution 4. The carbon clutches were failing in the water splash because ingesting some water through the bottom of the transmission casing. So we ran out of clutches. So when the morning that we actually ran out of clutches on the recce the day that the actual rally cars arrived in Nairobi, so I ended up stealing a, a clutch from one of the entry cars, which at the time we weren't sure whether we'd get replacement for the rally. So. It was a, it was a few conversations going back and forwards, and it kept it kept Richard's car going, believe it or not, in the actual wrecky for the last day or so. So, all those things, you know, they kind of, as I said before, the corridor, you're trying to shut the doors, but there was little things that were coming up all the time that you had to react to. The transmission oil seal issue was a was another one that we we we'd not had, and we, we were basically. Getting, uh, having the transmission boys were unbelievably overloaded just to make sure that the transmissions were really built every time the rec- the recce team came back and the test team came back we were doing some whilst the boys are wrecking we, had, we were still carrying over some testing with Lassie so we had we had a test team and a recce team going out each morning so we had three cars running each day so um, the transmission issue was, was one across the board so Craig Stubble and a couple of boys were like flat out trying to get the uh, get the transmissions rebuilt because the I think the test team were leaving at six in the morning and the recce team at seven so uh, wow. it was long nights for those boys and uh, one one story I'll go on to that basically carries to the finish was um I think it, it was either last last but one or last night the recce we were just finishing off two o'clock in the morning and uh, I took the one car out to Nairobi airport and came back in and the clutch seal popped again. So it meant the boys had to, you know, they would all got hands washed, reading about the hotel, and we ended up having to take the box out and do this box again. Oh. And uh, I made a stupid uh, statement to the boys that if we win this rally, I cut my moustache off. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was game on. Then you could see the eyes. You know, sometimes you've got to lift people up, and you've got to say the things at the right time. But they were obviously uh, that obviously came back to bite me at the end of the rally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, was it? it Obviously, there was, so far he's famous for the uh, for the pool party um, straight after the finish. Was it in the pool that the moustache came off? Um, yeah. What actually happened is I've been trying to find a. Fo- there is a photo kicking around that somebody's
2: seen. One of the boys had seen um, with the big radio, uh, big razor on the um, on the dashboard of the car at the podium. Um, right. Someone gave it to Richard, uh, uh, and it, it was it was shown to me at the last service, and it, you know. They were going to they were going to cut the mustache off, but the the one thing was that before we got to the finish was that on the last day we had a bit of a scare. Um, I think it was the, the last stage, the last but one stage, last for one stage. But, um, luckily, the service was at the end of the stage uh, on on the third day. It was a super special stage, but the, the last proper stage, Richard had nosedived the car and. Um, uh, we got a good lead by that point but the temperature started to rise really quickly and um, you come off the stage and it was a big service it was a the front nose was 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 pushed in and when you when you if you look at some pictures probably see some pictures that are posted from, from Colin and McLean whatever the the ball bar. when you try and take it off if you've bent the front it, it can be difficult to get back on yeah. And uh, we were we were into doing a, a radiator and intercooler change, needing to take the bull bar off, yeah. um, and it wasn't a straightforward job, and it was a quick service, and uh, Richard was literally on tender hooks about whether we'd get the car back out again, and it was a, a last minute scare that. Um, you know, again, the boy, all those boys out there, all the mechanics, we moved all the mechanics across from Tommy's team, obviously, once he retired, so we had the, the numbers to, to support it, but it wasn't an easy job, but the boys, as normal, they, they actually, you know, they nailed the actual job, got the car running, and we were back out again, but uh, it was a last-minute scare, and uh, I thought my moustache was safe at that point when the car came in, to be honest with you, but uh, it wasn't, and... Uh, um, it, it was a it, it was a real feel good factor. It was um, it, for Richard to win. It was brilliant. He put a lot of work. Him and Robert put a lot of work into you know going back to going back to the event from '97. After what they'd seen '98, he drove really really well. Uh, the, the team worked well. It was a shame about Tommy. We we would love to have done a one two there, um, but yeah, it was a it was a fantastic result and. Uh, at the end of the event, when I, I was packing up, um I, when I got back to the event, I think four or five of them, of the mechanics with moustaches, had already lost their moustache. So uh, <laughs> I, I did mine in the hotel room. I didn't. I didn't want to face the uh, someone trying to hack it off by the pool.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to say yours wasn't the the only the only moustache to go. So I think Phil Shorts went as well, didn't it?
2: Yeah, big Ryko, the Finnish mechanic, Roger Mortimer there was quite a few of them um, that that went that night but uh, and, and again you know you know Phil and Phil and everybody joined in and then, you know part an integral part of the team they were you know they were good sports and they went along with with, with the boys and they appreciate you know it's a nice way to appreciate what have gone on It might sound silly to the listeners but the effort to get through that event with with all the, with everything that went on in the background with all the logistics and the servicing and you know we, we changed this we changed the, the the style of servicing to change everything on every corner we were doing it on two cars so yeah. it was doubling amount of parts it was doubling amount of damper building it was the helicopters going back with dampers uh, it was the, it was a damper running vehicles and there was no sleep to be had at all during the rally. So, you know, it, the, the boys were brilliant.
0: Absolutely. And my one of my recollections of the end of that event is is the onboard from from Richard coming over the, the final, the finish line. There was a huge amount of swearing from him, wasn't there? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a because, you know, when Tommy went out, it was um, this. The, you know, Richard. Richard was a perfect gentleman. He was British. He was basically, you know, he was he. He wanted to win. It was a great fit for the team. He fitted in brilliantly. Mm. But but it was you know you see some no disrespect some of the drivers now they they're, they're in it for themselves and that's nothing wrong with that at all. I don't I don't say there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. But also sometimes those drivers need to give something back to the team. And Safari when there's there's that much involved with the event. You know, Richard wanted that result, not just for him, but for the team as well. So a bit of stress relief there at the end of that stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a, a great way to end uh, this, this podcast. Thank you very much, Derek, for those amazing memories. Thank you.
1: Thanks again to team manager of the Mitsubishi World Rally team, Derek Dauncey, And in the style of the very best Bond movies, I'm delighted to say he will return to relive the exciting end to the 1998 WRC season. Make sure you don't miss out by subscribing now to this podcast through your podcast provider. And while you're there, why not pen us a review? For now, thank you for listening.